Shelby Jones is a business owner who lives outside Philadelphia. He's got seven tax preparation offices in the area. And last weekend, Shelby was out protesting the killing of George Floyd. I've been pulled over before. I've had instances where I felt, you know, kind of degraded. So I get it. After Shelby went home, the protests gave way to looting. And the next morning, he went out to help clean up the damage. Got a little crazy in, so, you know, glass being broken, windows being broken, stores being looted. Then Shelby got a call. It was about one of his locations on 52nd Street in Philadelphia. My store was on the news. There was looting that we witnessed going on over here on 52nd Street. And the helicopter was over the store. Large crowd hanging out. You could see them attacking the store across the street. Shelby realized that his own business was in danger. For him, it wouldn't just be a week of protest. It would also be a week of dealing with the damage from the unrest. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Thursday, June 4th. Coming up on the show, how some Black business owners are grappling with the destructive fallout of a protest movement whose message and ideals they support. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. As looting and unrest has hit cities around the country, our colleague Scott Calvert has been reporting on what happened in Philadelphia. The initial wave of violence and destruction and looting occurred in Center City with a lot of higher-end stores, well-known chain stores, and then sort of fanned out across the city starting on Sunday. One of the worst-hit areas was a business district called the 52nd Street Corridor. It's a place that has a lot of significance for Black Philadelphia. 52nd Street is known sort of as the main street of West Philadelphia, and it's got a really rich history. Through the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and in the 50s, it was a really vibrant area. There was a lively jazz scene, high-end restaurants and other businesses. And then, as in a lot of places, there was the whole white flight phenomenon that really picked up speed in the 60s and into the 70s. And not just white flight, but you had middle-class African-Americans moving out too. And so there was this sort of long period of decline through the 70s and into the 80s and 90s, various efforts to try to breathe new life into the corridor that didn't really work. And just, you know, in the last several years, the city has really invested a lot of money and time and energy and resources into the corridor. And until fairly recently, before the pandemic hit, the 52nd Street corridor had seemed like it was on the upswing. There were fewer vacancies and the mix of businesses was changing a little bit. And so there was this sense that the corridor was on the right trajectory, that things were getting better, and people felt pretty optimistic about the future. When the coronavirus hit, that optimism was shaken. 
For months, many of these businesses have been struggling. And then, over the weekend, things got worse. The problem started before dawn on Sunday. There is a business on 52nd Street called Unique Chic, and it's a business that sells various kinds of like hair products and there's clothing. And around 4 a.m., several people sort of smashed the bottom of the front door, got in, stole some things, ransacked the place, and that was the start of it. That afternoon, Sunday afternoon, maybe around 2.30, 3 o'clock, somewhere in that time frame, there was a lot of looting that happened up and down the street. The looting hit a variety of different stores, from a pharmacy to a daycare. But Scott says the hardest hit was a clothing store called King's Fashion. People got into that store and stole a lot of the merchandise, and then somebody set fire to it and just completely torched it. The interior is just coated in black soot, smells terrible. It's a total, utter loss. The owners, I saw them both, they just seemed to be walking around in a haze. They talked about how their life is gone, how they had built this business up and didn't know what to do. There were dozens of businesses that suffered some degree of damage. And you can see it when you're driving down the street. It wasn't hard to find a storefront that had smashed out windows. One of the stores that Scott went to was Unique Chic, that first store that got looted. And I saw this man sitting on a stool out on the sidewalk, out in front. And his name is David Rice. And he said he's the uncle of the woman who owns the business. And he's standing guard. He's not confident that it won't happen again, that somebody won't come back. They have boarded up the front, but, you know, boards can be broken. He said his niece had spent 3500 bucks on a new security door, one of those big metal things that comes down. But that's not going to come in for several days. Until we secure it 100%, I sit here every night. Yeah, I sit, I sit here every night. So you're basically standing guard. Yeah, I'm not going to let it happen again. You know what I mean? I, if I got to if I got to sleep, you know, I got a brand new car, so I sleep. You know, I'll be in my car. There you go, right there. We're not going to let it happen again. I think there's a sense that you're kind of on your own, at least for now, and you do what you have to do to keep it from happening again. And for him, this was literally standing guard. The Philadelphia Police Department has its hands full, and. I don't think any business owner is going to rely on the police right now to make sure this sort of thing doesn't happen again. For Shelby Jones, who'd watched the unrest near his tax business on TV, there was no one to stop the looters. So the next morning, he drove over to survey the damage. A TV was stolen, flat screen TV, computer, cash out of a safe, and the window, of course, being broken in the metal gates that were on the windows, destroyed. I got there and people were sweeping already. You know, the community really came together. I was really proud of how many people were out there cleaning and sweeping, watching my store for me until I got there. Shelby spent the rest of the day cleaning the store, boarding up the windows, dealing with those destroyed security gates. He also stopped by another one of his storefronts in a different neighborhood and boarded up the windows there too. I finally left around 1.30 in the morning. When you were driving home again, what were the feelings you had? Uh, you're exhausted. <laughs> and you plan everything through your mind. There's nothing else I could have done to prevent it from happening. So you're just exhausted and you're, but you're also grateful that no one was there. I didn't hear about anybody getting hurt on 52nd Street. 
The next day, Shelby found out that the other store he'd boarded up was also hit by looters. And so on Tuesday, when it happened again, I was upset. I was sad. I went home and got in bed at like 3 in the afternoon. Because like, you know, what do I do? But then as I felt for a moment, it's, it's bigger than that. And I, I know that. And also, I mean, we built this business. You know, I built my tax office to seven offices. I'm not going to just stop all of a sudden. The first 10 years weren't easy. So it's not like it's supposed to be easy at this point either. Coming up, Shelby and other business owners try to make sense of the destruction and what their future looks like. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of The Journal is brought to you by KPMG. At KPMG, we make the difference. It's not just something we say, it's what we do. We work closely with clients to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity, develop bold solutions that innovate industries, and create better outcomes driven by data. Brighter insights, bolder solutions, better outcomes. It's how our people make the difference. KPMG, make the difference. Welcome back. Since Monday, things have calmed down around 52nd Street, and business owners are trying to figure out what comes next. But Scott says this setback has come at a particularly vulnerable time. The pandemic had really put a lot of these businesses really on the brink even before this happened. You have these shops with not a lot of cash on hand or other resources that had been closed essentially for two and a half months. And they were really looking forward to reopening. You know, they thought that was going to be happening by around June 5th or June 8th. So there was this sense that these folks had hung on for a good long couple months without any income coming in. And finally, they were going to get back to business. And now this destruction. And You know, generally speaking, minority-owned businesses are in an even tougher position. There's a statistic we came across that showed that fewer than half of Black-owned businesses were profitable, whereas a majority of white-owned businesses were, they generally have less access to capital, less money in the bank, just fewer of the kinds of safety net sort of things that can help you weather a storm like this. Without those resources, Scott says there's a chance some businesses may not be able to bounce back. You know, when you look at some of the businesses that are in the state that they're in, it's very easy to imagine some of these owners just basically saying, that's it. You know, I've toughed it out through some lean years. I've worked seven days a week to build up what I had. And they've just come through this pandemic. And for them to just see it literally vanish in some cases within minutes, I think is heartbreaking. And I think for them, it's just a really sad time. I was talking to one guy who made the point that, look, you know, for folks who do have insurance, maybe now they say, all right, this is my escape hatch. I'm going to get my insurance payout and I'm going to just ride off into the sunset and whatever happens to this building happens, but it won't have anything to do with me. And I think that's a huge concern because a business corridor like that needs these businesses. 
the residents in the area need these businesses. And for a community like 52nd Street that had finally been seeing signs of optimism, losing businesses could set the whole neighborhood back. I think there's this concern that momentum can almost take on this sort of inertia effect and that when you're in the upswing, it's easier to kind of build on the strength that you have created. But when you start to lose ground, it's easy to really slide pretty far down. And maybe a vacancy means that the business that's next door just gives up and closes up or maybe looks for some other location. And so there's this sort of domino effect that can happen. And I think there's a lot of that up and down 52nd Street and all over Philadelphia, really. But Shelby says he and some of the other business owners are determined not to let that happen. They want to see 52nd Street recover. Have you been talking with other local business owners? Yes. What have those conversations been like? You know, a lot of times when people are angry, it's because they feel like they're not being heard, they're not being seen. So... That's kind of what our conversation today was about. What can we do next to build up the community so people can actually get some hope again and know that, hey, we're not leaving you because that's what happens a lot of times with small businesses is they struggle to open. And when an event happens, they struggle to open back up again. As Shelby works to rebuild, he says he'll keep protesting too. As a person who is planning to go to a protest tomorrow about George Floyd mm-hmm. and a business owner who has suffered damage from this looting. Right. How do you reconcile those things? Well, personally, you're saddened by what's happening to your business, but it's almost false equivalency to say, you know, my business is hit, but I didn't die. The bigger issue is there's African-American men and women who are faced with a uh, system that marginalizes them. My son is black, my daughter's black, you know, and what's more important? I'll still walk and protest and try to get people to see what's going on because you have to highlight what's happening to the community. Do you see that the looting and burning and thieving that has happened, how do you frame that within the protest movement? Or do you see it as separate? It's totally separate. People who are protesting, I don't think are looting. People who are looting aren't protesting. That's not protesting. That's a crime. But it's not bigger than the protest. And I think some people, you know, you want to sensationalize the looting, but it doesn't take away from what's the bigger issue. And so I think if you separate it, then you can see the bigger issue outweighs what's happening. People are yelling and they're making noise and there's violence is happening. And some people are making noise because they're hurt and they want to be heard. And I don't know which ones are, what's the percentage of bad actors versus people who are just hurt. The biggest issue is systemic racism in America. (laughs) You know, it's it's an issue that we've had since our founding. And I think that that needs to be addressed. And whether we address it voting or in Congress or in, you know, the city halls, I don't know where we address that, but it has to be addressed. The idea of the protest isn't a bad idea, and what they're protesting isn't a bad protest. And it's bigger than George Floyd or or anybody else, but it's generations of black and brown people being marginalized. That has to be addressed. And I hope this time is different, you know. (laughs) I hope this time is different.
That's all for today, Thursday, June 4th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Special thanks to Ruth Simon for her reporting on this story. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.